0: Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined this week by guest analyst Oluwashina Okaleji in Lagos, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we head to Cameroon and catch up on preparations for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, which is less than a year away. And also the African Nations Championship, the Chan, being held in just over two months, also in Cameroon. We'll hear from CAF President Ahmed, who's impressed with how it's going.
1: I don't know. Maybe only South Africa, Morocco, Egypt have this kind of facilities.
0: Also, we catch up with some of the transfer news in Europe in the January window as Nigeria's Victor Moses has gone to Italian side Inter Milan on loan, reuniting with Antonio Conte, who is his coach at Chelsea. And Stuart takes a look at the crisis at Manchester United. So our guest analyst on the show this week is Sheena Okaleji in Lagos. Greeting, Sheena. A big year ahead of us so with the World Cup and Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. How's the optimism there in Nigeria for 2020? Well, Steve, thanks for having me. Um, it feels good to be back on the show again. It's a, not just a huge year for Nigerian
2: football, for African football in general. Um, with For Nigeria, I mean, the men and the women's team failed to qualify for Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games this year. And um, despite finishing third at the African Cup of Nations, fans are hoping that the Super Eagles will get to fly again. Um, they they resumed the African qualifying in March simply because of the change of date. They were hoping that they will continue with their run up to the World Cup, but then they have to shift focus. But the big issue for them, once again, is that Genetro, will he stay, will he leave? He has a contract that expires at the end of June 2020. So um, the NFF said they will offer him a new contract. The coach says he would love to stay, but um, with Nigeria, you know, you never know what to expect. Um, things might go wrong, things might go right. It doesn't look like um, a contract is in place yet, but
0: fans want to see the Eagles play football and they want them to have a manager in place. So will Gernot Raw stay on as Super Eagles coach? Uh, We'll see. It's a big weekend in the CAF Champions League as the final group games are on. Holders Esperance of Tunisia already through to the quarter-finals, having racked up a record 20-match unbeaten run in the Champions League. There's a huge game in Group B as Al-Halal of Sudan host eight-time champions al Ahly of Egypt. Now, a draw will be enough for al Atli, but if al Hilal win, they go through and it could result in a humiliating exit for al Atli if Etual du Sahel beat FC Platinum of Zimbabwe in the other game in the group interesting and more on the champions league next week so it's less than a year to the 2021 africa cup of nations in cameroon with the dates having been moved from june and july to january and february of next year and cameroon is also hosting the chan the african nations championship which is for the home base players only that's in just over two months from now starting on the 4th of april with this update from Yaounde in Cameroon, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's and G A N O. After the recent saga which saw Cameroon stripped of the hosting rights of the 2019
1: Africa Cup of Nations, there had been simmering doubts amongst football diehards over the country's ability to stage the second 2014 continental event in 2021. Uncertainties triggered by ongoing works on some major projects linked to the Africa Cup of Nations. However, all worries were laid to rest at the end of a three-day CAF fact-finding mission in the Central African country. The CAF team, led by the institution's supremo, Ahmad Ahmad, after assessing Cameroon's 27 stadia and other facilities, were convinced of the country's mettle to welcome Africa's best teams and most passionate fans. The 2021 Afghan, initially slated for June and July, will be played from January 9 to February 6, with President Ahmad of CAF very optimistic about the event that will be staged in under a year. We visited all the venues. That's why we have arrange all the problem of the competition at this time. And now we are in the good way to finalise this project. The delegation saw exactly what is in the field. And even when you see all this stadium, I don't know, maybe only South Africa, Morocco, Egypt have this kind of facilities. I travel many countries in our continent, but I never seen this kind of facilities. We do our best to... Follow this project with the government and we are sure on 9th of January 2021 we will be here for the opening ceremony. The last time Cameroon hosted a men's Nations Cup was in 1972 and by that time most of the country's football fans weren't born. This cast of supporters beneath 50 are eager to experience a Nations Cup and its spin-offs.
2: As a Cameroonian I am very happy because since 2019 it was not possible and now in 2021 it is now official and everything is okay. It's a good news for us. We love football and Cameroon is a country of football. In 1972 I
0: was not yet born. I saw but all images that, that Cameroon was eliminated. This will be a big opportunity for this country. Football is a unifying factor. I think that this will boost the economy of this nation and our youths will be able to get something to do.
1: But despite the widespread optimism, there is a group of Cameroonians who want to see ongoing construction and renovation works on roads, lodging facilities and other amenities related to the competition speed up.
2: I only hope that many smaller roads will be repaired because all of those sites that are on now, they are almost going towards completion, and I'm sure they will complete it. The road walk is so slow. When you go around, there is traffic everywhere.
1: Our greatest worry are the roads. Even CAF officials pointed out that the roads... In Cameroon, the one to Japuma is not yet ready. And most of all, the Olympic Stadium that is going to host the opening game, we have just six months to hand over that stadium to CAF. But before the 2021 football bonanza, Cameroon will stage the 2020 African Nations Football Championship, dubbed SHAN. The 16-team event will serve as a dress rehearsal for the 2021 competition four stadia in Douala, Yaoundé and the coastal touristic city of Limbe will host games of the tournament that will be played from the 4th to the 25th of April. While preparations are on ahead of the continent's second flagship nation's competition, Cameroon's auxiliary football team is fine-tuning tactics in the country's economic capital, Douala. Coached by Spain-based Yves Clement Aroga. the intermediate Lions, as they are nicknamed, are sharpening their claws ahead of a hunt on home soil as the side eyes its first continental triumph in that category. When they came to the selection, I showed them many, many videos and showed them how we are going to implement this system. They are very least to do what I want, they know what I need and they are very proud to give uh, the best. When they came to the selection, they know that they came to win the challenge. Cameroon's auxiliary team has two friendlies lined up against Chad and Rwanda before flying off to Tunisia, where they will continue gearing up with
0: one ambition, that of winning a Maiden Shan Trophy on home soil. And that report from Planet Sport Football Africa's NJNO in Yaoundé in Cameroon. Olohoshina Okaleji, our guest analyst on the show this week. Ashina's in Lagos in Nigeria. And as you we heard there Ahmed, the CAF president, saying that Cameroon's facilities are up there with South Africa, Morocco and Egypt. Others there expressing concern over slow progress with the roads. But at this stage, what do you think we can expect from Cameroon as hosts of the two tournaments, the Chan this April and the Nations Cup next year?
2: Well, once again, we're back to where we left off. The last time Cameroon were being talked about, it was them being, being stripped of the Austrian right for the 2019 African Cup of Nations. But then I understand because CAF was simply um, imposing a 24-nation tournament on Cameroon at that point in time. And it was difficult for the Central African nation. They felt they were stretched. They had political turmoil. They had other issues as well. Work was slow. And back again in 2020, it doesn't seem like the music has changed. Um, It's unfortunate, um, but we would love to see Cameroon host the Afghan. I mean, you hear those passionate fans, they're talking about not being born the last time they hosted in 1972. Cameroon is a huge African footballing nation, the second most successful nation when it comes to the Continent Showpiece event. Um, They deserve to host. Um, I understand from some people close, uh, close to me in Cameroon that the nation is about 90% ready for the tournament. CAF president was there. I <laughs> was not there. So for the CAF president to be raising concerns as well, I think um Feka Food, and as well as the local organizing committee, would have to really get going. That tournament should be aired in Cameroon in 2021. And everyone knows that the chant provides them with a treasury as an opportunity to put facilities in place to convince the rest of the continent that they truly deserve to host the Continental Showpiece
0: event. Yes, and it will potentially be a great Nations Cup if things work out. We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Let's catch up with some of the transfer news in Europe in the January window. Uh, Nigeria's Victor Moses has gone to Italian side Inter Milan on loan for the remainder of the season with an option for a permanent deal. Now, he still belongs to Chelsea. He had been loaned to Fenerbahce in Turkey. A good move to Inter Milan, Shina?
2: I think this is a beautiful reunion. Um, it's like a love affair. Um, since Antonio Conte left Chelsea, um, Victor Moses has remained stagnant, in my opinion. I mean, he's gone to Istanbul for Fenerbahce. He didn't really light up the um, the, the, the the Turkey Super League. He's gone back to um, a familiar face in Antonio Conte, a manager who's always uh, made him um, a, a winner of the Premier League in England. Um, we've heard about this coming, and Victor needs this. More than Antonio needs him, really, because there's an opportunity for him to really um, deliver and probably get a permanent deal. Um, Victor's been churned round, he's gone loan, Stoke City, West Ham. He's had more loan spells than success in terms of um, football. So I think this is a match made in heaven. Hopefully it will go well for Victor, but he needs this transfer to actually get his career going. He no longer has the distraction of international football, so he has to deliver in Milan.
0: Yes, a big chance for Victor Moses. Now, here in Zimbabwe, we're very excited about Tino Kadewere becoming the most expensive Zimbabwean player ever. He's joined Lyon in the French top flight from League Two side La Havre, where he's been banging in the goals in the French second tier. It's a fifteen million euro, sixteen and a half million US dollar move. Although Kadewere is being loaned back to La Havre for the rest of the season. In the meantime, Lyon have taken Cameroon forward Carl Toko Ekambi on loan until the end of the season from Spanish club Villarreal for 4.4 million dollars. Uh, what else has caught your eye in France, Shina?
2: Well, to be honest with you, Steve, I don't think anything comes close um, to Tino's move from Luhav to Lyon. I mean, that's a huge transfer fee, about 15 million euros being quoted um it'll be good for him people can't wait to see him in the french league on this season i mean he's dominated the second tier of french football so people really want to see what he's made of and then um, talking about the second tier as well former cameron captain benjamin Moncanjo has left loans for rivals valenciennes on a deal until the end of the season um contrasting fortune for two nigerians at bordeaux um former sunderland forward josh Maja. Who is now a Nigerian international is being linked with a return to England. We've heard about Newcastle, we've heard Tottenham Ospo, we've also heard West Ham. He's um, had a remarkable start to his, you know, on career for Bordeaux. Well, the other Nigerian, Samuel Kalu, has fallen out of favor and involved in a public spot with manager Paulo Sosa. Um, Kalu returned late from Nigeria after the winter break. He was citing passport issues and what have you, Steve? I understand from sources inside the club that he could be on his way out. It's been um, a tough time for the young Nigerian winger. remember his mother was kidnapped in Nigeria. He was out of football for about two months. He's come back and he hasn't been the same. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see if Kalu will be leaving the club or not. Another Nigerian in the news, um, despite being linked with Spanish and Premier League clubs, um, Lille's Victor Osimen, the second African top scorer with 10 league goals, one behind Mets, um, Senegalese forward, Abib Diallo. He will not be leaving Northern France this winter, we've been told. Um, Victor's been linked with a move to English clubs, but Lille believes they can still get good value for money should they keep him for another season. So we'll be keeping an eye on that.
0: It's been a fantastic first half of the season for Victor Ossimen at Lille, the Nigerian. And just finally, Sheena, are you excited about Mwana Samata, uh, the first Tanzanian to join an English Premier League club, moving to Aston Villa from Genk in Belgium? Samata made his debut in the EFL Cup on Tuesday for Villa. He may well feature in the Premier League against Bournemouth on Saturday. I think for
2: Samata, this one's really, really a huge one for East African football. Since Victor Wayama, lead up the Premier League um, under uh, Mauricio Pochettino at Southampton and then again at um, Tottenham Ospo, We haven't really seen any player coming from East Africa. So Samantha has done well with Genk and the Europa League as well as in the Champions League. He scored against Liverpool. I think it will be truly tested in the Premier League and the club will also be getting a huge fan base in Tanzania. Um, But Samata will have to deliver on the pitch. I think he will come under scrutiny. People will be wondering what has he done, where is he coming from and all of that. If he can find his feet in the English Premier League, I believe Samata can truly deliver.
0: Absolutely huge news in Tanzania, the arrival of Mwana Samata at Aston Villa in the English Premier League. Thanks a lot to Olawashina Okaleji in Lagos, in Nigeria. This is Planet Sport Football Africa brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now let's turn to social media and uh, last week on the show we asked uh, should African companies be funding European football? This as Africa's richest man Aliko Dangate says uh, next year he's looking at a takeover of English Premier League giants Arsenal. And Now the Quartz Africa website estimates that brands targeting customers in African countries and African-owned brands spend over 40 million dollars a year with partnerships with some of the world's richest clubs. Uh, the likes of the Visit Rwanda logo on the arsenal kit we have east african betting company sport pesa with a deal with everton alex bank of egypt as a partner with liverpool and nigeria's star beer with manchester city uh, this while a great many african clubs and leagues are struggling financially of course they are business deals they're not charitable donations but we asked should african companies be funding european football when african football really needs the money here's adrian barnard
3: Well, thanks then, Steve, and uh, we'll start today on WhatsApp with Moussa Kamara in the Gambia. To be honest, says Moussa, I think they should support African teams first, because European football is already well-developed. Before Dangote buys Arsenal, why doesn't he buy a team in Nigeria? And Dan Ogega in Kenya agrees. I feel it's illogical for African companies to sponsor European teams, while our clubs are really struggling, says Dan. If they must, then it should be for strategic reasons to improve the technical skills of grassroots football back here at home. The kind of dream Dangote wants to achieve with Arsenal can be realised with the likes of N'Yimba. Look at what Moise Katumbi has done with Tp Mazembe. For African football to be attractive, we should be ready to invest in it, says Dan. And in similar vein, here's a comment from Nigeria itself, from marvellous Olariwaju Abu Bakr. Actually, I don't buy that idea, says marvellous. Why should African companies be funding European football when their people are struggling economically and politically? european football has succeeded already so we don't need to spend unnecessary money on those clubs let's develop our own culture instead because there's no place we can call our home other than africa and sana jona in the gambia agrees african companies should sponsor our very own leagues and clubs says sana i know that they want to have a lot of publicity for their products but if those monies are given to our clubs they can buy high-profile players, which will make our leagues watched by many. To Garner Now and De La Akafia says, It is very heartbreaking if we can't support our dying football clubs in Africa, but have to be pushing huge amounts of money into English clubs and leagues for global recognition. Even though it is a way of building the company's brand globally, I think the various owners of African clubs have to rise up and think about what their faults have been and ask why football clubs in Africa are not growing or being celebrated like clubs in the English leagues. Arena Aitwe ME in Uganda is looking at the big picture. I think many investors look far beyond Africa as they are targeting a world market, says Arena Aitwe, but I suggest that they should invest in both. However, Mohammed Bar in The Gambia takes a different view. In my opinion, you invest your money where you expect returns, says Mohammed. But many African football club owners are not transparent in their dealings with their fellow African investors. So, as a result, there is no confidence and trust. That is why most African football investors prefer to invest in clubs in the West, where they can make huge profits in terms of selling their brands. And secondly, most African club football matches are not even shown on television and therefore the marketing system is very poor. Daniel in Ghana agrees that confidence and trust are key issues for potential investors. The stakeholders have to think about the risk of investing in leagues full of corruption, bad officiating and a whole lot of malpractices in the game of African football, says Daniel. Here in Ghana, our FA president was caught in corruption in a video by an investigative reporter and FIFA banned him from all football for life. All these are the factors contributing to companies funding European football instead. And Suleiman in The Gambia makes a valid point when he talks about the purpose of the investment. Investing in European teams isn't a bad investment because they believe they can choose to invest where they think the return will be higher, says Suleiman. And in Malawi, Byton Mchiko agrees. Yes, this is a good move, says Byton. We are looking at the returns. European football is very competitive. After all, we sell our players to the same European countries... And this can also open the door for other African business tycoons to venture into this business overseas. And the final word today goes to Muno John in Zambia. My answer to the question of whether African companies should be funding European football is no, says Muno. But the truth still remains that poor football management among African football clubs is the reason why these brands sponsor European clubs at the expense of African clubs. African clubs need to adopt a good business model to make them attractive business propositions for these brands to partner with. Right now, the brands fear investing in African clubs because they risk losing millions. But, however sad the situation is, these brands also need to understand that African football is making serious strides in becoming attractive business propositions and therefore they need to take that calculated risk which will help them to reap huge returns. So quite a few different opinions there, Steve, as to be expected. And uh, I think this issue is going to be remaining with us for quite some time yet to come.
0: Yeah, I thought there'd be some strong views there and uh, the views on both sides uh, do make a lot of sense. Uh, thanks a lot to Adrian or to the English Premier League now and Stuart Weir joins us from the UK and Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola has said that the scrapping of FA Cup replays could be the solution to the packed fixture schedule uh, last Sunday's FA Cup fourth round win over Fulham was City's 37th game of the season uh, Guardiola also suggested having fewer teams in the Premier League which certainly won't happen uh, but the The Premier League clubs must dread having to go to an FA Cup replay, Stuart. Now, the FA Cup started in 1872, probably the oldest
4: cup competition in world football. And it has the unique distinction of being open to clubs at all levels. With over 700 teams competing, you know, that's 700 teams competing uh, round after round for the 20 places in the third round alongside the championship and Premier League clubs who join at that stage. And of course, the romance of the FA Cup is that a non-league semi-professional club can gain one of those 20 magic places and be drawn against a Premier League giant. But the problem is that the Premier League has become so important and the Champions League generates so much money that the top clubs now seem to have very little interest in the FA Cup or the League Cup. And just look at the number of first-team players were arrested by top Premier League clubs last weekend because they don't think the Cup is important. And the spectators seem to think that a bit too because when Burnley played Norwich... In the all-Premier League tie last weekend, only 8,000 people turned up to watch, and normally Burnley get 20,000. So I can understand Pep's idea of scrapping replays, and it makes sense from his point of view. But it does away with the romance of the cup traditions, you might say. Now, take the game between Shrewsbury Town and Liverpool, which ended 2-2. That is a nightmare for Liverpool. But the best news ever for Shrewsbury. This year, for the first time ever, the Premier League has introduced a winter break. But the replay will have to be scheduled during that break. And Jurgen Klopp's response is that neither he nor any of his first-team players will be there because they'll be on their break and the fixture will be fulfilled by the Liverpool under-21s team. But then look at it from Shrewsbury's point of view. A replay away to Liverpool gives their players an opportunity to play at the iconic Anfield Stadium, and the club is set to make at least half a million dollars from the replay. So bad news for Liverpool, but a godsend for Shrewsbury. I think the problem is, Steve, is that the FA Cup has a great tradition, is part of football's history, but it's struggling to find a place in the modern football schedules.
0: Yeah, most certainly is. Uh, Now, Manchester United play Wolves on Saturday and their 6-0 FA Cup win over Tranmere did little to silence angry fans. Remember, their last Premier League game was a 2-0 home loss to Burnley. On Tuesday night, some fans attacked the home of Executive Vice Chairman Ed Woodward. Um, So, what's wrong with Manchester United, Stuart? Steve, I think the negative reaction of the Manchester
4: United fans last Sunday had nothing to do with the performance at Tranmere and little to do with the previous loss at Burnley. It's all about the management of the club and the owners. The club, you will recall, is owned by the American Glazer family and run by Ed Woodward, the Glazer-appointed CEO. The fans generally think that the owners are more concerned with making money than being successful on the field. Woodward is a good businessman, But the concern is that he has too much involvement and too much power in football matters and even in deciding which player should be signed. Now, in the good old days, Alex Ferguson made all the football decisions. Now, most clubs have a director of football uh, who takes on part of that role. But Manchester United do not. And it appears that Woodward, with no expertise in football, is the person making the final decision on transfers. Now, listen to what two Manchester United legends said this week. Gary Neville, I'm struggling to understand why the owners have persisted in trusting the management team to oversee the building of a Premier League title winning team. If you don't lose your job for overseeing a massive investment, a massive wage bill and finish up putting out such a poor team on the pitch, something is wrong. And in terms of what is needed and has been needed for a number of years, it's to put in the best class football operators into the club. But they're not doing that. And the whole thing is a mess. And then the former central defender and uh, England uh, international Rio Ferdinand says, I think it's $800 million that has been spent on the squad. But on what? I don't see what has been bought. There is nothing that suggests to me that this is going to be something that is laying foundations for the future. It's just embarrassing to be here, not just the way the team perform. You just don't see what's coming next. Big money has been spent willy-nilly in the last seven years, and what on earth is there to show for it? Pretty damning comments. But if you look back over the past eight seasons starting with 2013, when Alex Ferguson's team, after 24 games, had 59 points. Then David Moyes, his team got 40 points in the first 24 games, and he was fired. The next two seasons, Louis van Gaal got 44 and 40 points, and he was fired. Josie Mourinho got 53 in his first season, and last year when Mourinho and Solskjaer were partly in charge... They got 45 points. But this season, Manchester United has got 34 points in 24 games. That is the worst by some
0: margin. And it's hard not to argue that the team is getting worse. Yes, challenging times for Manchester United right now. And on social media this week, asking for your thoughts. What do you think needs to be done at the club? Uh, some fans blaming the leadership. Uh, many have doubts with the coach, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and some questioning the quality of the players as well. So, what do you think needs to be done at Manchester United? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or you can send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five. 232 what needs to be done at Manchester United well that's it for the show for this week so from me Steve Vickers in Harare from Oluwashina Okaleji our guest analyst this week in Lagos and from Stuart Weir in the UK thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production